Thanks for tuning in to our seventh episode for Kondo Comrades, a podcast about Netflix's show, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, as well as other items from the wide-ranging Kondoverse. This is um seventh episode, penultimate episode, Kenny. Think about there's only there's only eight, so we're getting to uh, the the Kondoverse endgame here. Did you remember to introduce me? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. I am your host, Eric Kaoli, aka the Planner God, the Skincare Spender, and also now the Filipino Bambino. Your other host here is Kenneth Deakins, aka Mr. Yikes, aka the Book Burner, aka Kenny Kondo, and his new nickname, the Misogyny Monitor, which is that's like almost a um a Spider Man villain. There's, it sounds like there's so much to unpack here with what you just said. First off, you're clearly obsessed with with comic books right now because you like you reference Avengers Endgame. You talked about Spider Man. Here's here's the thing: we came up with this this name, the Condoverse, mm. to describe um, all the the news items that we find and um, any cleaning, tidying related content that we come across. And so, whenever I think of the Condoverse, I automatically think of like the sort of Marvel cinematic universe. And I just make these connections and I'm I, struggling to find some kind of humor in it and present it to you our could, listeners. You could certainly say struggling. <laughs> so the, we, we've eased our way into our apologies for the episode. Uh, quickly, you heard our new nicknames at the very beginning. Um, one of them I stole from what, 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 what did my, you say? My high school friend's as well as his fantasy football team name. I'm I'm jealous. The the Filipino Bambino was his uh is his instant messenger name. Like no X's or no, underscores. That was, that, that was him. That would that's a pretty good one. Cause a lot of the ones you come up with um I don't know. This is really weird. Did you know that a lot of Asians on AIM would make sure to identify that they're Asian or um what specific nationality they were it would always be like pinoy boy 72 or um asian with the azn xx smoke or something to that effect it's funny because it's not something that many other i don't feel like many other people do i'm trying to think i'm trying to think i feel like there's got to be some some i feel like i feel like there are a lot of italian americans who love being italian americans but um uh-huh. i'm, I'm what kind of screen name? Uh, they the Italian have? Stallion is like the classic, but that, I think that was the that was just Rocky. <laughs> that, that, that was Rocky's aim name. What was your aim name when you were a kid? I think it was like pizza and then my initials. Um, because I it was it was really cringy, but like that that like it was like middle school and like that random phase when when that was what was funny. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this out because it was you, real bad. <laughs> you you think that's cringy i think mine because for me i did not get to actually set up my aol names because i did not have uh this is back when aol you paid monthly for your account even even hourly actually for a bit but uh i would end up just getting an account under my friend's family um membership or subscription and he would pick the screen oh, name boy. for me. So for well, he would try to pick one that sounded cool That's for me. Nice and his idea of cool, his was was a uh, Eric Dog sixty nine. That's amazing. And it, it's 
and it's not even like the the cool way that you spell dog when you're a kid it was d-a-w-g instead of d-o-double-g wait i mean that is the cool way d-a-w-g no, it's not. That is that is not the. I mean, when if you're a kid and you're into into rap music and Snoop Dogg, you would go with the D O double G. I guess I, I feel like D A W G was the cool way, and then it became uncool in the way that like anything that becomes popular does. Okay. Anyway, what I what I wanted to say is your your friend's screen name, the Filipino Bambino, was very good. And I am very much taking it. So apologies to him. I think he's a doctor now. Yeah. Do you want to shout him out? <laughs> Good job, Greg. Yeah. Shout outs to Greg. Uh, also, what do we have for our apologies? Oh, yeah. We said that we were going to read out some emails. And um, we don't have any emails to read out because no one sent anything to our our account. What is the address again, Kevin? comrades at gmail.com. Yeah. So... Apologies are due to us from all of our listeners who've not sent us any fan mail and um, any any questions of, for advice that they want us to read and provide them advice with. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a little bit on us because if, if you listen to it, we're pretty joking about the whole thing and it's not at all clear that we're serious. But, you know, we got, as, as Eric was saying, this is, this is a penultimate episode from Kondo Kamara's Endgame. But if we get more questions, we can we can extend um and just you know like the marvel universe just never end and until all movies are set in the marvel universe until half of this podcast team quietly disappears but which half well i th- I think it's clear that they would want me to stick around right um just to talk about talk about a more aol screen names because that's that's always a yeah easy content I, easy that is the though. content our viewers have been clamoring yeah (laughs) this is what they sat down and put their headphones on for um yeah so go ahead and send us an email to condocomrades at gmail.com and you can um begin it with an apology for for taking such a a long time to finally send us a missive because we we need that validation we need some sort of validation it's it's true freaking yeah and so shout outs also to what is this person's name Komono, who gave, provided us with some validation on our iTunes page with a five-star review and said that we spark joy, and he came up, or they came up, with uh, the nick- new nickname for you, the Misogyny Monitor. How do you like that um, one? It's pretty good. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm honored to, to have that as my nickname. I mean, I, I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like Monitor is like a little light, um, but I guess, I guess that's really all I do. It's not like I take any real action. Isn't like a, a monitor, a, the name of some kind of reptile, like maybe a Komodo dragon? Well, a Komodo dragon is deal. called a Komodo dragon. No, no, okay, it's a monitor. It's a monitor oh, lizard. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that sounds yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, familiar. Yeah. I was thinking like a hall monitor. Oh, <laughs> the Komodo dragon is also known as the Komodo monitor. Ah, okay, FYI. you were right, and I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we will need to use that clip, by the way, that Eric was right and Kenny was wrong on this. Yeah, so the, the misogyny monitor is actually a dope name. You could dress up as a lizard. I think that's I think that's what the, this commenter was going for, was they were calling me a lizard. <laughs> you, you look just like the uh, a fucking super tall version of the Geico. Gecko? 
yeah that's that's me i mean you know if you've been wondering what i look like it's it's just like a, a five foot ten lizard that looks like the little <laughs> little guy dude okay do we have anything else to apologize for i think i, I think that we did i mean in our outline i feel like this episode's been a train wreck so i'm looking forward to, to next week <laughs> <laughs> this is good stuff we got you admitting you're wrong. We have us fumbling through the intro. It, it was it was not one of your your best. <laughs> I should have warned you. Um, we have a player haters club <laughs> segment to get to. Of uh, every episode, we look at the people who've been hating on uh, Marie Kondo's show and um, her her method lately. And this week. This episode, we are calling out GQ Magazine, GQ site, The Gentleman's Quarterly. I I had forgotten it was called that until you reminded me, um, mm-hmm. and it made me hate it even more. You don't have a desire whenever you see it, um, like just a couple letters to figure out what those I just thought for. they stood for GQ. Oh, I, I just like mm-hmm. letters, all right? It's one of those men's magazines that you always forget about exists. Yeah, I feel like, um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this this article that we're going to refer to this time is called Not Even Grails Are Safe from the Mare Kondo Effect by Cam Wolf, which does not sound like a real name. It does not. But yeah, the, the subject is men reselling clothes are blaming Kondo girlfriends and wives the the last two uh words in quotes so i mean do you want to unpack this kenny so it was i mean the article is not very long and it's pretty fluffy but it's basically saying that um there's been a increase in in posts on like web reselling websites where people are like reselling their stuff um of people being like only giving it's like nice only giving rid of it because my wife has read Marie Kondo and is making me or like uh my girlfriend says I need to get rid of more stuff because of Marie Kondo so here's this nice thing I used to have um and that's that's really that's really about it it's kind of (laughs) dumb it's it's like I feel like you know when we first started the drama segment I was like how much how much drama can be there be around this because we found like first drama but then it actually turned out there could be a lot of drama and there's just continually more drama but like this is the this mm-hmm. is the first one we're sort of scraping scraping the bottom of the bear the drama barrel <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but it, i think it is something that's worth talking about is that like one, one of the things that sets up is the idea that um you know it's it's women women's job to sort of tidy the house and sort of men are unwilling participants and not a non-beneficiaries, but really like all this tidying stuff is, should be for both people and should be about, you know, making your house more livable and having more appreciation for your stuff. And so it just speaks to like a, a certain toxic attitude. A lot of men have towards, towards the process and towards their relationship with stuff. Yeah. And so the way this is framed is, um, they're they're highlighting listings that are posted on Grailed, uh, G R A I L E D, which is uh, kind of like it's a clothes reselling site for um, mostly targeted at men, um, kind of like Poshmark, 
and it's it's more closed focused than eBay, and a lot of it is sort of um like hype beast pieces and apparel. Although there's like some some really nice stuff also, and so you'll see like a lot of stuff from like Supreme and Balenciaga, and like more high end um, designers on the site, and the whole idea is I I are you familiar with the term Grail, Kenny? I I am not. I'm familiar with hype beast as a term, but I was I was not familiar with Grails, and just assumed it was a clothes reselling website, and there wasn't much beyond that. But now no, I'm I mean curious. I mean the the actual term like a Grail. I guess you can kind of get it from context. I mean, you know, it's people who who really want to find the Holy Grail. Yeah, of of whatever they're searching for. I mean, it applies to clothes. Um, Claire actually linked me an article a while back of people looking for Grail skincare products, but. Uh, I guess the, the focus of the site is that it's hard to find pieces at hopefully more affordable prices. Although there's some pieces where there's like only a limited run. And so you have to spend a ton of money to get your grail item. And I guess like kind of the way they're approaching it in this article is that people are getting rid of items that were once sought after grails for other people to buy now. Okay. So I guess it's, some of it is is men regretting that they have to get rid of these things that they they place so much value on and but i don't know a lot of it is also that they're just collecting a ton of stuff and their closet their wardrobe is way too full of this junk that they'd never even wear yeah i feel like i feel like this episode which we'll get to a little bit later really goes into this how it's like fine to collect stuff and that can bring you joy but you still need to like at some point, like your collection is going to start growing to a point where you'll stop enjoying the old things in the collection and you need to like pare it down and sort of figure out what still starts joy so you can actually get joy out of your collection and not just like, like, because I feel like you can get to a point where the only thing that brings you joy is adding to the collection and not the collection itself. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a point in which um, the collection itself sort of doesn't become have any value and it becomes important to sort of pare it down a bit. Did you read some of these descriptions that people posted in their grilled listings? Um, I did, but I had forgotten them. If you want to want to share some. Well, a lot of them are kind of like, I, I guess the they're, they're pretty whiny, which is what you were kind of getting into. <laughs> so here's, here's one cleaning out my closet after fiance made me watch Marie Kondo show on Netflix uh, this piece unfortunately doesn't spark joy for me or barely worn wife is making me Marie Kondo it great <laughs> and um, only selling because my girlfriend is Marie Kondoing the shit out of my closet and uh, I don't know it, it's it's comes off as very whiny and blaming blaming women for making them become adults and <laughs> that, that is really it is it's about you know, sort of growing up and turning turning your home and sort of into like a functioning place for a, a human being. Yeah, but the the way it's framed, it seems it's like call, calling your 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 partner, um, making them the bad guy, bad person here, and not that you've been holding on to stuff way too long or you've been amassing way too Yeah, many and you things. can imagine saying, like, my girlfriend got me to Marie Kondo it and I realize I haven't worn this even though it's a beautiful piece. 
I hope it sparks joy in the next person. Like, just that that would be a great way to like explain the same series of event in like a non-toxic way. Or it's just we're enjoying this. Th- we're it's always she's doing this. Like we're not doing this together, which is how you're supposed to do as a couple. So obviously, like all these girlfriends should break up with these these men. <laughs> so what what came to my mind when when I was reading some of these or the the sentiment of it is like p- parents selling kids video game oh. collections or toys and then or or like even grown adults is like left stuff that they left over and then them complaining about it and being very whiny about it <laughs> I I I've, I've it's very obvious that I've very much taken a side on the, on this <laughs> but it's not an appealing image. Um, Listen, side taking is important, and that's and that's why we're the people like us, because they they say Kano comrades. Yeah. That's a that's a podcast not afraid to take sides. Not, not, <laughs> you know, they're 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 not they're they're gonna go out there and they're gonna they're gonna call it the baddies and 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 that's a, a moral a strong moral compass in this this gray world. Yeah, it would be kind of boring if we we said, but but they, if if we try to both sides it, right, and maybe not the most compelling content. <laughs> not, that, not that we're make, producing compelling content right now. Do we have anything else to say on this article? I guess not. I I did point out or note when I was reading this that none of these items that were linked in here ever sold. Really? Yeah. So they're, they're st- they still are cluttering these uh these people's homes um although one of them is a rick owens blazer that is on sale on grilled for 650 dollars which is wild yeah i don't i don't know about that one i yeah i guess it's, it's not that obscene when you think about it what is the most you've spent on us on a single item of clothing so you're not counting the suit oh yeah <laughs> yeah if if you do a whole suit you you get up it's it's super expensive i think like 180 um i have like a a pretty nice sweater that was like 180 i think that was the most expensive thing i have yeah that's not bad no was it worth the 180 yeah thought? i wear it all the time um and it's it's pretty good yeah i feel like there's a lot of a lot of clothes that if it's worth spending that much money on, maybe a blazer is one of them. Oh, uh, do we want to talk about this episode now, or is there more you want to get into? No, I think I think that pretty much covers gentlemen's quarterly. <laughs> do you think that it's actually a magazine that releases on a quarterly basis? I was basis? actually just thinking the same thing as I said. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I can't think of any magazine I'd subscribe to that. I guess there are some, um, like stuff for like fiction where they have like writers quarterly type deals but yeah okay i don't know where we're going with that episode seven of tidying up making room for baby is uh the, the episode title and this one focuses on um clarissa and mario in hawthorne california a youngish couple who are preparing to welcome a new child and so they wanted to get their home organized and tidied before their whole life was taken over by this and they didn't have time to really keep the house decluttered. Yeah. So I would say the, the first thing to know about this episode 
is the baby was like barely a part of it. Like they, it was, it was, they're like barely ever talked about like, Hey, we need to clean out this room. So it can be a nursery. They did like a little bit, but for the most part, the baby was just like an impetus to do this tidying that they knew they needed to do for a while. Um, rather than like, and so it was, it was really, the episode was not super about the baby. Um, yeah. It was in there in like bits and pieces and they, they showed like the development of the baby, which did one good thing, which is it really gave you a sense of time for how long the, um, the episode, the, each episode covers. Cause it, it was mm-hmm. sort of like, Oh, like I remember they were like, my baby's doing six months. And then like five minutes later in the episode, the baby was doing five months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it does take longer than the, the hour episode <laughs> implies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, so one thing that I like that uh, they talked about with, with the baby coming up is I think Miss um, Connor was saying that this was an opportunity for them to think about what kind of parents they wanted to be like in during this process and sort of what they held on to reflecting that. And I, th- I thought that was something nice that they talked about. Oh, yeah, that's uh, true. I think I think there was a lot of um, so I think I think the episode focused more on Mario and Mario's relationship with stuff, um, and I think he he had a lot of sentimentality around a lot of stuff and like would often talk about, oh this is this is something from my childhood or like you know I remember he had like a a jacket and he was like I remember when my dad got this for me for Christmas at a point that was pretty rough in his life and yeah that his dad sacrificed a lot and he, he might not have even had a job at the time when he got that jacket for him yeah and it, it was sort of um you know and so i think i think there was a certain amount of feeling about you know yeah I, as you remember your own childhood you think about what childhood you want to give your own children um and how, how you can pass that forward yeah, that that was a very touching moment. It made me really, because it made me think about when I was um, younger, and we also grew up really poor, and just my mom finding opportunities or ways to get me something that I really wanted, even if we might not have had much money for it at the time. And um, shout outs to uh, immigrant parents or just parents trying to trying to make a way for their kids with very little money and still finding ways to to bring some joy to their their children's lives which um it was, it was really touching to see him reflect on that as he, as he looked over some of the things that he wanted to hold on to yeah yeah i i will all second that that great shout out at the same time there were things that you would see that he would be sentimental about that he would realize that he didn't necessarily need to keep to hold on to him. I thought one of them was he kept held on to the mailbox <laughs> that was at the house when they first moved in because I think the explanation he went into was that he never thought that as like a child of immigrant parents he'd be able to afford such a nice ha- home out here in California and then um, just it meaning uh, meaning a lot to him to have <laughs> the old uh, occupant's mailbox just even though they replaced it and helping them come to terms with letting go of it because it's not something you need to hold on to. Yeah, that, they, they they really painted that as like the pivotal scene 
Um, and that was when he was in the garage, I think, which was sort of that was that was like one of the best scenes, and I think all of the um, all of the episodes because you know it started out and they're going through the garage and it's just him, and there is so much wacky shit in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's like a steering wheel to like an old timey ship, uh, like a big pirate wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there was a pirate statue somewhere in the house and then at some point i saw like a bandana or like a tiny um flag with the what do you call the the skull and crossbones on the it. jolly roger there's, there's a name for it yeah the jolly roger on it and i was like what is, what is going on here? was he really into into pirates when he was a kid yeah and then and then they're like going through all the stuff and they get to this mailbox and they're like okay why do you have this mailbox and he, you know he talks about what, what you were saying with you know, this was the representation of like all all the all his aspirations and the thing he didn't think he could get, and it's like a really breaking point in the episode because like they've cleaned through their they've gone through their clothes, and he had a really hard time getting rid of any anything, and was really struggling. And I think Clarissa was a little a little frustrated with him. Um. But he, he, he had, like, had a breakthrough, and they depicted it as, like, happening in that scene where that was, like, the first thing, where he'd really come to terms with the fact that, like, this represented a lot to him, but wasn't presently bringing him joy, and his, he was like, but it doesn't bring me as much joy as our current mailbox, and it was sort of, like, <laughs> a big breakthrough for him, and, and sort of, I think he had a lot of, like, um, I think he almost felt it was, like, disrespectful to get rid of a lot of the stuff he had to to i guess it was like disrespectful to like his life that he had gotten in some sense yeah that yeah and disrespectful to, towards the struggle to get there too and I, I think um i think i think the episode was really about him and that and i think clarissa Gl- was just like crushed it immediately which is like <laughs> it's just like yep i remember like after the close she's like here's my closet now it looks great thanks yeah <laughs> oh by the way did you notice that they had two closets in their master bedroom oh i noticed two, two i was like whoa who are th- are these like freaking the rockefellers <laughs> two closets in your master bedroom i know holy shit I mean, Built they each in. have a dresser too. I we got we got one dresser between the two of us. They have like a whole drawer for their socks. My yeah. I don't have a whole drawer for my socks. They had yeah, they had a closet each and a and a dresser each. Like we in our in our master bedroom, we just have one closet, one one dresser. I mean, we have enough room to put another dresser, but then how do you walk around? Yeah, but th- they obviously had a, a ton mm-hmm. of room in there. Now those were goals for me. Yeah, I, <laughs> two closets, I mean, two my, my goals are one one closet in, in the master bedroom in, in my uh-huh. in New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were also using some of the other rooms as closets. And I, because it was just them two, um, I, I'm trying to remember the floor plan in my, in my head, whether it was a three bedroom or two bedroom. Um, although it looked like they had a walk-in closet that they turned into an office at the very beginning. She's like, this is your. I I couldn't tell exactly what was happening there, or if it was an office they turned into a walk-in closet. They're like, why do we need? A, why do we need like an office? We just put our laptop wherever we want to. That's sort of how yeah. I feel about 
um, that it was definitely a walk-in closet turned into mm-hmm. an office because they had the built-in uh, hooks and shelves to hang stuff off of. Um, yeah, they actually had a whole dedicated room for for multiple rooms. It feels seems like for their shoes. They they did like shoes a lot. Yeah. Um, actually, I, before we get into that, we we haven't done our shirt report. Eric's shirt report. <laughs> is it is it our shirt report or Eric's um, shirt can, report? It can be your your shirt report. I mean, I'm I will I have some thoughts too, but. I, th- I think you, I think you are you are the number one shirt enthusiast. I'm taking the lead, taking the charge yeah. in this. So Mario definitely was pulling off the best looks. I felt like in a while that we've seen for for the men on this show, and he was just go. He was just wearing like normal t-shirts, right? Like, um, let me see. Yeah, yeah, I did in my notes. I have each each item, each top that he wore. He had like a short sleeve baseball shirt. He had an olive polo. Um, he wore a lot of just like plain, plain t-shirts and a V-necks, and it was it was all very basic to me. But he looked good in all of them, and it just really drove home the point in my head that um, wearing clothes that are fit for you, like that are your size and not too long or too big, and also um, just taking care of your general fitness is like kind of like cheat, a cheat mode for 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 fashion it was very easy for him to look good in all this because he was very fit and he picked clothes that fit him. yep i i agree with that assessment um i feel like i it was his taste in like clothing was probably the most similar to my own which is like most mostly like um dark colors or earth tones and like pretty pretty plain basics um but like he, he definitely definitely pulled it off you know, because he was—he looked pretty ripped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he definitely had the, um, he had some really nice traps, and he was working his chest <laughs> very much. You could tell from how how great he looked in his shirts. Um, although he did he, he did have his uh, it is definitely a hype beast tell when you break out the the scooped hem shirt. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this. As soon as he came out with us, like, oh, I know where we're going here. <laughs> And then he definitely had the supreme bag positioned in the background on the couch, just to just to show you what time it was. Supreme time. <laughs> have you have you made it yet to the the supreme? I've shop? walked by it like a bunch of times, and it's it's always like it's a big line, and it's oh, okay. like, it's it's like really fun. They like there's always a line outside of it, and there's always like six people in the store. But they just like always intentionally make a line no matter what to keep the hype going. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you're always walking by it and then watching forlornly from the shop window. No, no. Wishing you could go in and get um just some wild hype. Do you want the gear. Supreme crowbar? Yeah, they make some like they have Supreme lighters, Supreme tents, Supreme luggage. Uh, the the Supreme crowbar is the one that's just like. I have absolutely no use for a crowbar, but like it is, it is just like calling to me as like dumb shit I want in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw, I read in like an article making fun of like overpriced Supreme stuff, and I was like, ooh, that crowbar though. (laughs) They have like Supreme dog bowls, which I kind of wanted to get for my cat Hemingway. 
just because what a flex that your that your pet is eating out of a, a supreme plate. Yeah. Your cat's name is Hemingway. After Ernest. Yes. Uh no, different Hemingway. Yeah, of course. After Ernest. All right. Oh, he's he's not a Hemingway cat for those wondering. Although I think Hemingway cat he's a he's a chossy, and I think they're somewhat similar in that they're they sometimes are polydactyl, which is extra fingers or extra toes. I'm learning a lot today about cats and fingers. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I, I just break it out the word polydactyl for yeah. you out there. I think I used it correctly. Not to be confused um, with the, with the pterodactyl, which was a, a dinosaur bird. No, they're, they're not dinosaurs. I mean, they're all dinosaurs. Birds are dinosaurs. Yeah, but pterodactyls are not classified as... Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna look this up. I, I there is there is nothing you can tell me that will convince me a pterodactyl is not a dinosaur. All right, we're gonna we're gonna leave this behind. We we were talking about hype beasts, Kenny, and we had a very clear path from where we get we're gonna go from our previous topic to the next one, which is their shoe collection, um, that both Clarissa and uh, Mario had. Although we focused more on Mario, I think. Clarissa also had a decent um, collection of boots that she had up there. Yeah. Like I said, she really just had her shit together. And it wasn't as interesting to be like, yep, I have too much stuff. And I got it down to a manageable size without too much help. <laughs> yeah. So with Mario, he he actually said that when they started the show, he had 140 pairs of shoes and that was actually cut down from what he had before. Like he seemed to indicate that he had already culled a bunch from his collection, and a lot of it was um, shoes he collected. He said since he was twelve years old. Um, so and this was over twenty five years. Some of them were no longer size, obviously, or when he bought them, he never even wore them. He just copped them to have, or um, he he just felt drawn to like collecting a whole bunch of them. Yep. Is that all you got for me? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I mean, my my experience, I don't, I, I have like a pair of Doc Martens that is what I wear like 80% of the time during the winter. And uh-huh. during the summer, I wear, um, oh, the, the, what are they, the um, All-Stars? Oh, like, the Chucks? Yeah, the I wear the Chucks. For the for the most part, and Birkenstock. You haven't taken our friend Yoshi's advice yet on the two shoes, like alternating. I haven't. I should really do that. It really does um extend the the longevity of your your shoes. Uh, I think I, I I'm not sure what it is about it about switching off shoes every every other day about how something in your feet maybe oils break down the shoes. I don't know. I don't know. I I think Yoshi's in the pocket of a big, big shoe. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's the one who who um got us on shoe trees. I mean, also in the and... pocket of a big shoe tree. Yeah, <laughs> shoe trees are fucking expensive. Like if you try to buy the nice cedar ones. I don't. I don't know if you've gone how deep you've got into this. Um, I forget what I got. Uh, I I I don't have like a ton of shoes. So mm-hmm. I, I have like two pairs of dress shoes and it's, I got, I got shoe shoes for those. And then that's what I have them for. Yeah, um, could you, 
Uh, Could you imagine having to buy shoe trees for Mario's collection? Oh boy, I can I cannot. Like even if you get a good deal, shoe tree a good pair like twelve dollars each, and that's a really good deal. <laughs> shoe trees at Costco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a factory. If you get like, yeah, you could get like plastic shoe trees for like ninety nine cents from IKEA or some something like that. But, um, it was interesting that a lot of these shoes he'd never even wore. And I don't know if you want to get into that. Like for, for him, it was just, he was saying that when he was a kid, he wanted all these shoes that he could never have. And then as he got older and then I think his words were when he finally had like an income to support it, it became a priority for him to start acquiring all these shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think like, um, it's not necessarily unhealthy. Like I think, I think it can get unhealthy and it did get unhealthy for him, but I think it's okay to be like, Hey, I'm an adult now and I can get things to make me happy. And, um, but I, I think, I think you can like get a, get a, like, I, I think you can just like chase after that feeling and like want, mm-hmm. you know, like as I, as I said before, you can like want to add to your collection you, you like start out and you're like, oh, I want a collection of all these things and I'm going to use them all. And then it's sort of like the only joy you get is adding to the collection rather than the collection itself. And I think that's where it really becomes a problem. Yeah, especially when you have a closet full of boxes that you never open. Right. And shoes that you, you've never worn. And I think when we said it became a problem where he said that he was like $10,000 in debt over his shoes. That would, that would at, definitely at be a problem. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of easy to see how it could get that bad, um, especially with some of the shoes he was buying were like really expensive. And he was actually like kind of flexing at the end when he because he decided he was going to actually start wearing his shoes that he had kept in the boxes so long, and he was had on his Yeezys, his had on his like these uh, red uh, Air Force Ones, and it. I think he cut his collection down to forty five. Uh, by the time he was done with everything and that's like a third of them i wonder if he sold them on grilled i i would bet he sold some <laughs> of them and i mean there's that one shoe that just fell apart <laughs> oh yeah even though he'd never worn them and that really makes you feel like shit <laughs> yeah paying pain for that quality construction yeah i i, I think one, one big key was the transition from like having them all in boxes to having them displayed on a nice rack so it's sort of like it's just you know continually active thing that you could look at and gain joy from rather than just sort of a one-time like purchase you look at them and then you put them in the box and then they're just over there in the collection collecting dust and and no Mm -hmm. joy yeah i mean how are they going to bring you joy if they're stuck in a box in your closet and you never see them so you never think to wear them or what outfits they'll go with yeah you got to leave them out. Um, that actually kind of goes into some stuff I've been doing lately. Do you want to get into what we've been tidying? Yeah, let's let's do it. You can you can start off. So Alexis and I have been going through the entire house, uh, just tidying up. And something I've been doing is getting rid of a lot, a lot of books and DVDs. And so I had like a shelf that I am no longer using. And so I decided, oh, I can since I've been doing the same thing where I have a bunch of shoes in my closet, I can put them up on the shelf and, and just display them and have them bring joy to me now. And 
I don't know. It seemed like a really perfect episode for us to watch when I was kind of going through the same thing where I'm organizing my shoes. Alexis is also going through her shoe collection and looking at the, the, the stuff that she wants that sparks joy in her. And I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> I mean, how, how would you like, how, 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 how would your experience like compare? Like how did your collection compare? Well, my, my collection's like not, nearly as huge. Like I only have like a dozen pairs of shoes uh-huh. that I've kept recently. Um actually I've been like looking to pick up a lot more just cuz I've been going to too many shopping sites and seeing really good deals on shoes and going to Grailed and being like, "Oh man, um this would look really good with this outfit." But I kind of gave up online shop. Well, not kind of. I did give up online shopping for Lent this year. And so now I don't get to add any shoes to my collection. And um, I'm just enjoying the ones that I have right now. Even like actually giving them attention and putting, actually wearing them out instead of just leaving them in the closet. And so instead of shopping for new shoes, I've been going to actual brick and mortar stores and buying shoe care <laughs> accessories to take care of my shoes so I can wear them out and have them uh, not pick up stains easy. Nice. <laughs> Which is, uh, it's kind of extending the joy of things that I already own. I know that's something that Gretchen Rubin talks about. We're um, appreciating the things you have and finding ways to appreciate them in new ways and ex- getting as much joy as you can out of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think that's good. Um, and it's reminding me that I actually need to like polish my shoes and, and put productive stuff on them. Um, cause it's, it's been too long since the last time I did that. So yeah, like leather conditioner and, um, shoe cream. And, and I've been watching videos online about how to apply all these things because they're so complicated I've also been buying fucking waterproofing detergent for washing jackets and stuff. Okay. So now that's my that's my new problem. Instead of shopping for new things, it's shopping for for maintenance things to take care of my stuff. I feel like I feel like that's pretty healthy because I feel like you can get you can be like this thing is too much trouble for taking care of it and that's like a big sign that it's not actually bringing you joy. And so yeah. really forcing yourself to invest in, in taking care of stuff can force you to make sure you're, you're having a, a healthy relationship with it. Uh, also, I've been searching for grail cleaning products. So <laughs> instead of searching for, for grail sneakers, um, I was driving around town trying to find where I could buy um, X14 shower cleaner for... <laughs> To, for for mildew in our shower um i don't know if you've ever heard jolie care extol praise how much she loves x14 for for cleaning her shower i, but, I have it we uh, have a real bad spot in our shower <laughs> that we need to get to we got this like uh this like attachment for a drill that we're gonna we're gonna use to like really go to town oh spin on yeah. it yeah <laughs> yeah which is so oh, that's really supposed cool to work pretty well we just need to do it but we've had it's like a really stubborn spot in like the corner of the shower. Um, oh yeah, the corners are the worst for mildew yeah. or for for any kind of weird shower crap that's sticking around. Um, yeah, our, our our like uh our shower was I I think it was just renovated like right before we got it and they did not 
did a little bit of a slapdash job of it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's, but I guess, I guess, I don't know. I'm pretty sure someone died in his apartment before we got here. <laughs> what? Really? Wow. Uh, Actually, someone did. Someone did pass away in our home. Um, not the the previous buyer before we bought it, but I think the buyer right before them. Yeah. And apparently, they no one discovered the body for a few days. Oh boy! Because I did. I just they died that because the the house before we got here, the house had never been hooked up to internet, which which leads me to believe an old person had been living here for a long period of time. Oh, another thing that I've been thinking about a lot and I'm not allowed to buy stuff online. So I haven't gotten them is storing a big shoe collection. Um, even though I'm doing it with a, a few of our shelves for my collection, like Alexis has some shoes that we're trying to figure out how to store them. And it's, there's not many elegant ways to do it. Um, though the way they, they had like these really tall shoe shelves did you see them yeah uh, they're really nice i like this they were like shoe racks yeah but whenever you actually are in person and like examining them they're not very sturdy Mm, that seems very believable well maybe um maria kondo shared some strats for keeping the heavy items at the bottom like your boots and things, and then your lighter shoes at the top. Maybe that's what we need. To I think do. it also just makes it look nicer by giving it. It like gives it a flow and in a little bit. Yeah, so I've been looking at a lot of those stackable racks, and I'll also at um you can get dressers or sort of um cabinets to keep them, but again, they're they're very they're usually only for like nine or twelve pairs, and not for a bigger collection, or if you have some really tall boots, it's very hard to find things that will accommodate the extra height on them. So that's what I'm into. If you have recommendations, listeners, um, email us at condocomrades at gmail.com. Really? You like how I stuck yeah, that Yeah, that, that was a good one. <laughs> okay, so what have we learned this episode? Kenny, I'll start us off. Um, I need some scooped hem shirts. Because I don't have any of those, and it, it's, it's a more, it's a different silhouette than I'm used to, and I'd like to try it out. I've learned that if I ever get on tidy enough, I'm gonna get more screen time. If I I act like helpless and don't know how to do it and are bad at it, and then have a have a big emotional breakthrough. So, <laughs> do you think um, would would you and Claire battle for screen time? In the, for for this episode because i for me i would want to be the also the focus of, of the episode what would, what would your episode title be um let's see is, is there is there um a pattern to this like this one was making room for baby uh not, not really <laughs> it's just like a description of like why they want to tidy for the most part like the empty nester or it's like the impetus for change what 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 my thing would be because I've been really good about tidying stuff so I don't have too many serious problems. Uh, oh, maybe um, what what do you call it? the the person who has hobbies and collects a whole bunch of stuff for that hobby and now is stuck with all that orders? stuff and then picks up another hobby. <laughs> no, those aren't Are hoarders because hoarders well, serial hobbyists. But it's 
I have a lot of stuff, but it's not. I don't know. When you think of hoarder, you think of a lot more stuff than I, I think have. Like the serial hobbyist or something. Yeah. I mean, I had I used to have a lot of comic books when I was a kid, and I just gave them all to my nephew, so they're now his problem. Yeah. I don't. I don't really understand comic books as a collector's item. I mean, they're they're just like books. Yeah, I get that, but they're so flimsy. Like you have to put them in like plastic bags and shit. That's. I mean, that's that's part of the thing when you're a kid that this this lie that you have something of value. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because as a kid, you don't have many opportunities to invest in something, or if you do, you have to get a lot of money to make it into a good investment. And I mean, comic books are a terrible investment now. It's the same thing with like collectible cards. That's, right? that's true. I remember, I remember when I had baseball cards. I had like this book because it was like pre-internet of like the prices of all the cards, and it was like I would uh-huh. like buy a pack and I would open them all up and I'd be like, "Oh, I got one that's like fifty cents. Nice." Yeah, I hope I, I hope yeah, I get the I one card that's worth like thirty dollars. Except it was only worth like thirty dollars in my brain, and was like, <laughs> yeah. Or you would see thirty dollars in um, a book that lists prices for stuff, but no one would ever actually right. pay you thirty dollars. It, it's it. like such a like now that I like understand like anything. It was such a ridiculous premise that this book would explain like, <laughs> the price. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just like what is like why how did i get this book i don't even know <laughs> yeah you know it's bullshit yeah i actually did spend money to buy the books and the magazines that would list prices for things and what a yeah. scam right <laughs> oh my god uh maybe that's the new scam that we need to bring back um we should price like podcast episodes Ooh, that, that's, how much that's they're good. worth rare podcast episodes because <laughs> yeah. like podcasts come off the air and you know I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of podcasts that like only exist on like somebody's phone you know like, and when they there's like a like a, a archivist project where they like are like hey the lost episodes of this podcast we need to find them if you have them on their phone we'll pay you this much because it because it like i'm sure there's like yeah. a ton of podcasts where people have downloaded them onto their and then like the podcast goes under but they never like delete the download Mm -hmm. Um, so so uh, another way to think of it is also there's just so many podcasts and so many episodes for all those podcasts that only a few of them are of any quality or worth listening to or returning to and then we could mark those as the more valuable ones and those will be the ones that people will seek out to keep in their collection. Because you, nobody would likes to have to store five million episodes from five thousand different podcasts on their phone or or computer. I mean, I don't really care because it, it like my my computer is pretty good at sorting things and it has a ton of memory. Nah, I don't want to. I don't want to scroll through. Like scrolling through is annoying to me. I mean, I, I, like you never have. I, I don't understand. I don't understand when you're ever scrolling through. You like when you look when you just look through the general library, not when you're going through tags or searching for something. Sometimes I just like to scroll through, like, but not actually scroll too much to find something. Okay, our Twitter handles. Mine is at Tiny Cartridge like and our Simon Moon. Oh, um, I, I, I'm, yeah, I, we... so I, 
I've been, I've been saying my, my Twitter handle, which is basically a joke. You shouldn't go there right now. I basically never tweet. But I think I think once once Twitter gets rid of likes and retweets, um, like because they're they're gonna get rid of showing those up. I'm just I'm gonna like pivot into like old school Twitter where I just like tweet about what I eat for breakfast. I'm gonna be like, oh, yogurt was real tasty today. Yum. Except no one will be able to tell that nobody likes my content because you can't see likes or retweets. <laughs> it's okay to put out stuff that nobody likes or retweets. I mean, I'm just gonna pretend that everyone loves my my yogurt content. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still not gonna get note just because other people can't see them. You're not gonna receive any notifications. You're not gonna get that dopamine hit from a like. I mean, all I all I care about is I'm just gonna lie. <laughs> all I care is that other people <laughs> thinking I got likes and retweets. I'm gonna be like, man, post is really yeah. blow. I'm gonna do that thing where it's like, post is really blowing up, meeting my mentions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tweet about my yogurt and i'm gonna be like since i'm since this is blowing up here's my soundcloud <laughs> yeah, like, wow, wow didn't expect this to go to go viral yeah, no one's gonna be able to tell that i'm lying <laughs> all right thank you everyone for listening to our podcast well this episode really blew up we got a lot of downloads on this one yeah we, we we got like 300 million and it hasn't even been released Every single person in the United States has listened. Yep. So um go ahead and pick us up, Spotify. We're still waiting on that that email, condocomrades at gmail. We're Disney. We'll be part of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Just like have we'll... Tony Stark listen to our podcast in Marvel's The Avengers 3. Or Thanos. Yeah, there's lots of Thanos um Mario Kondo memes. Yes, right? there is. <laughs> there are um people have really taken to that combination okay this this episode is leading us nowhere we gotta when have we ever somewhere. gone anywhere all right there we're done